The following message is presented by First Baptist Church in Manny, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.fbcmany.org. Now the message. But in honor and obedience to our gracious Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to turn with me to the third chapter of Philippians. Today, we are going to be, uh, as a local church body, having a good time after we have a good time worshiping Jesus. And thinking about tomorrow and all that 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 means to us, the freedom that we possess to be here this morning. Memorial Day, there will be a lot of cooking going on. I'm doing some cooking tomorrow. But in spite of the cooking and the spending time with family and the water slides and all of that, we remember why we have the freedom that we have. And I am grateful for the men and the women who have stood on my behalf and paid the ultimate sacrifice. But I am most grateful for the one who stood and took my punishment as he was nailed to that cross and he bore my sin. Paid my debt. Why? So that we could live a life to bring Him glory. So that we could have the freedom to pursue Christ and to make Him known to others. And so as Paul is writing to a church that he loved dearly, the church at Philippi, he's been talking to them about what motivates them. And not putting any confidence in anything of the world, of the flesh, and warning of those who were in the church who were, who were t- saying otherwise. And Paul, Paul reminds them, he says, guys, if there's anybody that has, that could, that could place their confidence in earthly things, in the flesh, it's me. And he goes through and he lists his pedigree and it's impressive. But then you come to one of those words that's a little three-letter word called but. And that's not, not, that's not going to be our focus this morning. Our focus will begin in verse 12. But to set the stage, he says, but whatever things were gained to me, those things I've counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Nothing was more important. And in knowing Christ Jesus as Lord, Paul says, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, as nothing, as dung, so that I may gain Christ and may be found in Him. And not having a righteousness that comes from any of those earthly things that Paul could celebrate. But a righteousness that comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. Why? That I may know Him. And the power of His resurrection. And the fellowship of His sufferings. Being conformed to His death. In order that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. We celebrate freedom today. Freedom in this nation. Freedom in Christ. 
to live for His glory, to pursue Him in all that He calls us to do. And sometimes we have to make some life-changing decisions to continue that, to do that, to pursue that. And that's what Paul lays out for us in the next couple of verses. Some life-changing decisions that will help you keep your eye on the prize. Because this crazy world in which we live, that's not unlike times past, but it's a little crazier now than it was when I was younger. It can take our focus off of our purpose, of our mission. And so I want us to look at a few of those life-changing decisions that Paul lays out for us. But before we do, may we go before our gracious Lord's throne of grace. He has told us to come boldly before His throne of grace. And so, Father, as we do that right now, knowing that the only reason we can boldly come before Your throne of grace is because of Jesus, God, would You speak to us today. Speak to Your people through Your Word. And Father, as we listen, as we hear, as we obey, may you be glorified. You know how to work all of that out in and through our lives. But God, our heart is to worship you, to bring you glory, to proclaim the message that you have put into our hearts. And like Paul, we have not reached the goal yet, though we look forward to it. You're still working in us. You're still working through us. You're still molding us and shaping us and conforming us to the image of your son, Jesus. And as we journey towards that end, may we not stumble. May we not stop. May we press on for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Mike. Miss Glenda, Brother Merrill, thank you for bringing us before the throne through worshiping in song. And as we have worshiped by giving back to the Lord a portion of that which he has blessed us with, now we get to worship him also through his word, his word that guides us. And so as Paul continues writing in verse 12, He says, not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect or or completely mature, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Don't, Don't be satisfied with your current position. If you want to boil that down to a a life-changing decision, when it comes to our spiritual life, walking with God, don't ever be satisfied with your current position. Paul says, I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on toward that goal that I may lay hold of it because Jesus laid hold of me for that very purpose. And the good news for Paul, we know Paul was saved. We know that Paul understood that he was being daily sanctified. He was daily being conformed to the image of Christ. But he was not satisfied with that. He wasn't going to rest on his laurels. Even though, I mean, we look at Paul. I mean, Paul is a spiritual superstar. Next to Jesus, Paul probably did it better than any other human being. 
But Paul wasn't content with that. He wasn't satisfied. He wanted to improve his life with Christ every day. And I had to honestly think about that. Does that describe me? Is that every day when I wake up, is that my goal? Jesus, I want to be more like you today than I was yesterday. Whatever you need to strip off of me, strip off of me. If you need to put me through one of those crucible moments like David went through, so that some of that old imperfections and dross will rise to the top so that you can scoop it off, do it. I hope that describes you as well. There, There are two problems that we should never accept. And that is living in the past or resting in our present. Two very dangerous things. To live in the past. Not that the past is bad. We just don't want to stay there. We want to keep moving forward. And for some of you, as, as, as Brother Ron and I have met with you on Wednesday night, y'all are moving forward. Praise God. There is wonderful history in the past of First Baptist Manny. But think about your past individually. Sometimes our past can hold us back. There are things in our past that we wish weren't there. Maybe you have regrets. I want to encourage you to keep pressing on. I want to encourage you to take those before the Lord Jesus if you've never done that and repent of that and let Him cleanse that and move it on out of your life. Don't let that hold you back. We'll talk about that again in a moment. But one of the things that made Paul such a, such a great man is that he was more concerned about his character than he was his reputation. He had a good reputation as a Pharisee. But that didn't mean a hill of beans to him. He was concerned about his character before holy God and those who were watching him. And so he says, I press on. Don't be satisfied with your current position spiritually. Always be growing. I could say more, but for the sake of time and the hot dogs, I'm going to move on. Amen? All right. As long as there's no dissenting votes, we're going to move on. When you come to verse 13, verses 13 and 14, there's a couple things that we see there. And one of those I mentioned just a moment ago, don't, don't allow your past to define you or hold you back. Our past is our past. And when it's covered under the blood of Jesus, it's covered under the blood of Jesus. When I got saved, I was not who I used to be. When I repented of that and I laid that before His throne of grace, that was covered. I'm I'm not who I was. I'm not who He wants me to be, but I'm not who I was and neither are you. So don't ever allow your past to hold you back, individually or as a church. It doesn't define you. I I, I love Solomon says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 10. He says, say not... Why were the former days better than these? Oh, the glory days. Oh, the good old days. Why why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. You and I will never experience the tomorrow that Jesus wants for us if we continue to live in the past and be held back by it. 
And sometimes the greatest thing that you or I need to do is to forgive ourselves and to move on, to press on. Don't allow your past to define you or hold you back. And Paul uses some very aggressive terminology. Verse 13, he says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching or straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He uses some aggressive terminology. He talks about pressing on. He talks about reaching or straining forward toward that goal. As with every race, and Paul used athletics a lot in his sermon illustrations. It's not where you've been, it's where you're headed that makes the difference. A.W. Tozer said, you could be assured that you will never sail the ship of your life into the seas of peace and joy if you're still anchored to your past. God's not as concerned with your past as you are. He's not. And so don't ever let your past hold you back. Paul had to, Paul had to deal with this. Paul was a murderer. Paul was a blasphemer. Paul was a persecutor of the church. Paul had to, Paul had to deal with his past guilt. And he had to move past that. People had wronged him. He had to deal with that. Paul was in jail when he wrote this letter. Paul had to move past that. Paul could not let that hold him back. He, had to, he wanted to keep pressing on, and he did. And so he says, forgetting what lies behind. Now let me ask you all a quick question. Can we forget everything that's ever happened to us? Not, not with this computer that God's given us to sit up here and roll around inside of our skull. We can't. We can't. And so what that word forget means is that I no longer allow my memory to affect me. I, I no longer allow it to influence or to affect me. And I've come to realize, and I've been guilty of this as well, sometimes there are events in our life that are a snapshot. But I want to turn it into a permanent portrait. It's a snapshot. And so don't let your past hold you back. Don't let your past define you. Move forward. Press on in Christ Jesus. He saved you for a purpose. He is creating you and molding you into his image. And the only way for that to happen is to keep pressing toward the goal of one of these days you're going to see him face to face. One of these days you're going to inherit a glorified body. One of these days your race will be finished. But until then, keep putting one foot in front of the other for him and for his glory. Press on. Also in verses 13 and 14, Paul says, devote your life to a purpose. People nowadays, they, they, people are so, they want a purpose for their life. And, and I think some people, and I heard, I heard Brother Dean Johnson talking, no, it wasn't Brother Dean, it was somebody else on the radio this morning. Sometimes we confuse a cause with a purpose. We get all hung up on causes, and we totally miss the purpose that God has for our life. Devote your life to a purpose. The purpose is knowing him and making him known. He says, one thing I do, 
what was that one thing? Pressing on toward the goal. And then how God fleshed that out in his life, we see in the book of Acts and in the other letters that he wrote, and he will flesh that out in your life as well. But we see a determined purpose in the life of Paul. He says, I press on toward the goal, and that, and, and I, I know Brother Bo knows this because he's a Greek scholar and I'm not, but you may not, you, yeah, you do. It's the word we get our word telescope from. It means fixing your eye on a point. I love to deer hunt. And my grandpa, and I, and I learned this, I used to shoot in bow tournaments too. I, I was taught aim small, miss small. And there's a lot of truth in that. That's what Paul's saying. You be laser focused on the purpose of your life and you're not going to end up way over here somewhere. You be laser focused on the purpose of your life because God's will for you is to be devoted to his purpose for you. I don't know what that looks like for each of you. I hadn't completely figured out what it looks like for me. I'm still trying to figure out what the assistant to the coordinator of missions and ministries for District 8 Baptist Convention means. I've got four business cards just to get all that across. <clears throat> but I know he's called me to live for Jesus. And whatever that looks like in your life, devote your life to that purpose. You'll never go wrong. And to, and to be devoted takes determination, dogged determination and passion. And that's what we see in verse 14. When Paul says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. L literally, Paul is saying, my life is like a full court press. And basketball teams that are good at full court press and they win a lot of ball games. Because they overpower the opposition. Did you know that we have an opposition? He hates your guts. His name is Satan. And he has a lot of people working on his behalf. Both in the spiritual realm and here on this earth. And it takes determination and passion to keep going. To keep pressing on. And so you may say, well, I'm not where I want to be. Or I'm struggling with this. Or I'm struggling with that. Press on. Don't stop. Don't, don't believe the lie of the enemy that you're not good enough, going back to your past, or that, or that you're not smart enough, or, or whatever the, or maybe God doesn't really want me to do. No, you press on. Because the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you will lead you every step of the way. He will empower you when you need empowering. He will lift you up when you're about to fall. He will guide you. He will teach you. He will give you wisdom and you'll be, you'll say things and you don't even know where it came from. Because that's Him. That's what He does in our life. I don't know who said this, but, but somebody said, some people are like wheelbarrows. They need to be pushed. Some people are like trailers. They need to be pulled. Some people are like canoes. They need to be paddled. And I don't think he meant paddling. I think he meant what I thought when I first read that. Some people need to be paddled. 
Y'all all know Lou Holtz. You remember? I mean, fantastic coach. He worships in a different denomination from us, but he loves Jesus. But he was talking about football in this particular quote. He said, if you don't make a total commitment to whatever you're doing, then you start looking to bail out the first time the boat starts to leak. When things get tough, when things get tough in your life, when things get tough maybe in the life of First Baptist Manny, don't, don't be looking for a place to bail out. Don't be putting on your life jacket standing up about to jump out. Keep pressing on. Be, because if you don't make a total commitment, you'll bail out. He said it's tough enough getting the boat to shore with everybody rowing, let alone when a guy stands up and starts putting his life jacket on. So when life happens, press on, because it's going to happen. When life happens, press on. Press on toward that goal. Press on for that which Jesus saved you for. What if I fail? Well, the last time I checked, failure doesn't kill us. In fact, we learn some things from it. And so to use another F word, it's not futile, is it? We learn some things. We grow from failure. And until you draw your last breath, it's not final. Don't be afraid to fail, church. Don't be afraid to fail trying something for Jesus in your own personal life. Keep pressing on. What matters the most today has nothing to do with where you've been. What matters is your passion and your determination for where God's leading you. That's what matters. And so, to close out, Paul says a few more things. He says, brethren, join in following me or following my example. Observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. And down in verse 20, he reminds us that we are not citizens of this earth. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he talks about how Jesus will transform us one of these days, those glorified bodies and the the power that he has to subject all things to himself. Therefore... My beloved brethren, my beloved brothers and sisters, whom I long to see my joy and crown in this way, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Church, stand firm. The world today wants you to back down. They don't want you standing firm. Stand firm. Bring glory and honor to the one who died for you, for the one who gives you the only purpose that matters. And maybe today, you don't know this Jesus. You know about him. But maybe you don't know him. You don't know him personally. Our hymn of invitation is, My Jesus, I love thee. If you can't sing that song because it's personal to you, I want to invite you this morning during God's invitation to me and to you 
to come meet me right down here. I want to pray with you. I want to talk to you about how you can know Jesus personally so that you can sing, My Jesus, I love thee. You will be his and he will be yours. You can have this purpose that is eternal. Maybe you like I've been more often than I would like to admit. There's some things in your life, you know Jesus, you love him. But there's some things in your life that, that, that honestly need to be confessed and repented of. You've recognized that there's, there's sin in your life. But you need to turn from it. You need to repent of it. You need to confess it. You need to recommit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know how y'all normally do things here, but I, but I would imagine that these altars are always open during this time. And they're, all, they're open all the time. Would you come and spend some time with Jesus? Restore that relationship. Maybe, maybe there's a commitment on your heart. Maybe there's somebody on your heart that you want to pray for. Bring them before His throne of grace today. I thank you for this privilege. And as we go before our God's throne of grace, I just simply ask that we be obedient to Him. Father, you know each and every one of our hearts. And I'm glad you do. That's scary sometimes that you know the thoughts that go on in my brain. and But I'm glad you do. Because you know best how to speak into my life, how to speak into our life, how to guide us, how to draw us to yourself. You draw us to repentance through your Holy Spirit. You empower us. You encourage us. You give us hope. And so, Lord, whatever the need in this room is today, and I trust that there are needs that you want to meet, may we bring them before your throne of grace. God, if salvation is the need today, your word tells us that today is the day of salvation. That now is the appointed time. And God, for that person or persons, I pray that, that, that on this day, right now, they would recognize their sinfulness and turn from that sin to follow you and commit their life with complete trust and faith in what your son Jesus did on the cross on our behalf. And as we leave here in just a moment, to go have a lot of fun and celebrate. I thank you for the freedom that we have to do that. May you be praised and honored through it. For you are worthy. I thank you for loving us. For sending Jesus to show us how much. For it's in his name that I pray. Amen. The preceding message was presented by First Baptist Church in Manny, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about the church, including contact information, go to the website www.fbcmany.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.